0: Hi I'm Katie and welcome to my podcast My Rare Disease. This is a platform where I raise awareness of something that affects 1 in 17 people, rare disease. By chatting to patients, health professionals and advocates we talk about all aspects of rare disease including relationships, mental health and much more. I cannot wait for you to hear some truly inspiring stories from some absolutely amazing people. In this first episode, I speak to one of my best friends and old housemates, Ellie. Ellie has a couple of chronic illnesses, but they have not stopped her from achieving a first-class degree, a full-time job, and she has ambitions to become a children's psychologist. In this first episode, we discuss Ellie's health journey, the different health professionals she's come into contact with, as well as how illness can affect mental health, and much more. So, today's guest on my podcast is my one of my best pals and housemates, Ellie. Are currently in on what it's called? Like
1: it's a,
0: a belting No, it's a It's a yes. We're glamping in Somerset, had a nice barbecue, s'mores, yes, pink gin, attacked by wasps, but that's all cool. That's <laughs> all cool. Um, but I'm so excited because Ellie is my second guest, but first um episode to go out. Yeah. Um, and today um we're gonna do half the episode on Ellie's health journey or health experiences half on being housemates together at uni um which which was apparently terrible but it was actually it was great a hilarious year Um, we didn't know each other before but um yeah over to ellie really so um thank you so much for being on this episode you're very welcome um firstly can you just give us like a overview of your diagnosis um and your health journey really
1: okay so i um became ill around 12. Uh um it took two years to diagnose and when it they did i got diagnosed with undetermined colitis which then got um kind of re-labeled as ulcerative colitis which is a inflammatory bowel disease um, so that was all fun. And then two years later, around 16, I got diagnosed with arthritis as mm-hmm. a secondary condition. Right. And then whilst I was at uni, actually, living oh, with you, yeah. I went for a further test because I was still having problems. Yeah. And it turned out that I had a slow colonic transit. Right. Uh, due to nerve damage in my bowel. So... so- both secondary conditions, kind of caused by the colitis. That's yes, great. yeah. So uh, when I, because I went and saw a professor at Nottingham, uh-huh. and he was the one that suggested that there was the nerve damage because it took two years to get diagnosed. So the ulcerative wow, okay. colitis had damaged those nerves uh-huh. um, because it had gone on for so long without being diagnosed and ha- not having any kind of. Um, stuff in place so that time yeah so without having the medication in in place to help that
0: so you've had quite a few well a few diagnoses really and truly not that far apart from each other really so it's yeah. been a bit of a like hurdle after another really yes um but we had like a pre-chat like I do with yes, everyone, we do. Um, earlier and um you said it's not necessarily a rare condition but it's quite rare uh within children to be di- with the colitis is that
1: right yeah. so yeah so the condition itself isn't like it is quite common i think well it's not it's like, not yeah as rare, it's, not, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. not as rare as say kind of yours uh-huh. <laughs> definitely not <Yeah. laughs> um, but when we were going through the diagnostic process uh-huh. obviously my grandmother had Crohn's. right yeah so we often used to say to them look is it that? Like, we've got a family relative that has Crohn's. Could uh-huh. it be something like this? And we kept getting told, no, 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 don't be ridiculous. It's not that. You don't get that in children. So we often used to get told that quite a lot at the hospital, right? That they weren't going to test for it because it, you don't get it in children. I mean, you do, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I obviously. I was be diagnosed. Um, and there are charities specifically for. Um, right. People with inflammatory bowel disease as children, so it, it it does occur and it does happen, but I think it was the fact that during that diagnostic process, they just that they, they were really dismissive of the fact that it could be that. Yeah,
0: that, that's must must really hard. Like, not just Use, um, the past experience, yeah, um, like your your mum as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, so would you mind just saying like a few like the symptoms you had and what, what you now have on a daily basis? Yeah.
1: So when I was twelve, mm-hmm. um, I started getting a lot of stomach pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of escalated to not being able to keep any food down. I was throwing up continuously. Um, I was having um incontinence mm-hmm. which was really, really difficult for Definitely. a 14-year-old yeah, yeah. to go through and um, go through, yeah, well. through school I mean I was hardly ever at school yeah but it those type of things were really really difficult and obviously then it was like bleeding from the bowel yeah wow. um so that was one of like some of the main symptoms and then I used to get um ulcers a lot in my mouth i used to get ulcers on my eyes as well oh, wow, okay. um sounds painful <laughs> yeah um and they they said it was all to do uh with the osteocolitis and the inflammatory bowel disease type thing yeah um so and then now obviously with the arthritis as well so yeah. it can be like stiff stiff joints it can mean um my joints um swell quite a lot so mm-hmm. i don't know if i've showed you the pictures but my hands sure. can triple in size to the okay. point that like my rings on my fingers they i can't get them yeah. off i have to take them off and they literally balloon and i don't i can't really move my fingers yeah. <laughs> which is which, terrible yeah um, actually, really, for yeah. day-to-day use <laughs> exactly <laughs> so you're just kind of walking around going i can't do yeah, anything but, yeah um I'm like a bit of a Muppet um so yeah so that can be an issue um obviously I take a lot of tablets as well yeah. so I'm on one two three four. I'm on like four different tablets a day yeah but that's just the daily stuff and then yeah. if I have any further issues uh-huh. so say I think I'm going to go into a bit of a flare-up with my knees or if I've done a little bit more than I usually do yeah I take, um, so I've got other medication that I take in aid of that. So I have yeah. different creams, I have different tablets to help with that. And then I have even more <laughs> to, if I'm having, like, a bit of a rough patch. So that, that I have medication that I take daily, and then I have additional medication that I take as and when. Just in case, like, yeah. when it happens, yeah. So that's all a lot to deal it with. It is. <laughs> and,
0: like, we joke about you know, your fingers tripping inside, like, laugh that, it, that it's... And it, it's not funny, really, because, as we both yeah. just said, like, you need... That means you need help day to day. And, like, as a 24-year-old, mm. I think the last thing you want to do is be like, oh, I need some help to do. What we think now, glamping is on set, yeah. and it's the most simple task, but how does it feel, from your end, really, to feel...
1: to say that you need help? Like, surely it's not... it's It's a hard. lot of... like, I think you lose a bit of your independence yeah, and you have to rely a lot on other people. And I have to, to be fair, I have to rely on my mum quite a lot. Yeah. Even now as a 24 year old, there are times where she will have to cook for me. There are times where she will have to walk me up the stairs and help me get up the stairs. So it's a lot for her to deal with as well, which... It is. It You feel quite helpless within your own body, I think, yeah. at times. Because you are losing your independence. And you're having to depend upon other people quite a lot for things that are, are regular activities. That yeah. you don't even You wouldn't question. even consider it. No, no, you wouldn't even question the thought of needing aids or support. No. If you didn't have this kind of... I don't want to say issue, but, you know, just this is a part of your life mm. definitely
0: and it we've we've talked before we we have quite a few you know open yes, chats about we how do. we're feeling and yes you we know, like to be open and honest we, we do we do and it's it's really helped well i do i think, we think it's very helpful yeah. you know sure you to know relate yeah being through a lot of the same transitions as we have also living together uh, yeah really. um but we've also We've talked about the um, again I laugh but it's not funny at all. We laugh about the correlation between like the physical and mental health aspect. Mm. Um I think I read somewhere it's like a thirty five or thirty percent of people with chronic illness have diagnosed really. mental health yeah. Related to that which personally I think it's probably more now. Yeah, um, probably like people that we've got friends with, people that we've yeah. talked to. Um but this also doesn't help when you're well, A, when you're diagnosed at age twelve with yeah. you and, you know, feeling anxious, down. Then also, we've both been through times of um, professionals saying, oh, do you think that's because of your mental health?
1: Yeah. I but... mean, mm.
0: it's not helpful. And I think we spoke about a few weeks back, you've seen quite a few different professionals in your life. Yeah. One of whom, was it a clinical psychologist? It was a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. Would you just mind telling us a yeah. bit about
1: that? So, obviously, because, obviously, it took two years to diagnose. So, between 12 and 14, it was a lot of in and out of hospital. Um, It was hardly... I was hardly ever going into school. The doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong. I I did go through quite a lot of tests. I was... Like, it it was a really difficult time. Yeah, it was a really difficult time. And because they couldn't figure out what was wrong... Mm -hmm. They started questioning whether or not what I was saying was true, or whether or not um, there was issues around that, or maybe I was manifesting um, physical symptoms because of a mental issue.
0: Right. So. And that's the last thing you want to yeah have to go through when you've been diagnosed with a physical chronic illness. Like I think as we spoke, sorry, to interrupt again. Yeah. As we spoke about earlier, we're not saying. Hundred percent of the time that stress or anxiety doesn't cause aches or pain, yeah, A bit of back pain, you know. But being through the symptoms that you have
1: been through, and you do go through, yeah. And they were very physical. Yeah, I was growing <laughs> up. Yeah, I was doubled over in pain. I was crying in pain. But also, surely you have X-rays and scans yeah. or whatever to show that it's is
0: there is there in front of them, like
1: they can see. I think the at that problem. point there was like through the. Um, x-rays, the abdominal, like, ultrasounds. Yeah. I think I had, like, barium meals where you had to, like, drink of this really horrible stuff and nice. go have an x-ray. It was, yeah. like, some really weird tests. Yeah. And to be fair to them, like, nothing was coming back positive. Like, they were, like, there was times where I was like, oh, well, this come back with a high, um, inflammatory rate, but we don't know why, so we're just going to kind of leave it. So there was things that obviously slipped through the net. Yeah. And because nothing was coming back, they were like, "I think they referred us to the psychiatrist, right?" Because they were like, "Well, we can't figure out what's wrong with you, so obviously it's in your head." Which was how old
0: were you ho- then? Ho- About thirteen, fourteen, yeah, peak
1: teenagers. Yeah, well. so that's a horrible thing for someone to say because you were physically feeling all of this. You were in horrendous amount of pain you I am throwing up I can't get out of bed you know I'm having really bad stomach I'm constantly in the toilet not going like, to school either can't go to school my attendance in year 8 or year 9 was 10.9 yeah. so that must have been awful for my mum because obviously the education services were saying that I was a truant and yeah. all of this Yeah. Um, and they kept saying and I mean the doctors as well going no you need to take her into school because there's nothing wrong with her So that was really difficult for her, because she was seeing me in pain. Yeah. But she had to do what the doctor said, because they were like, well, nothing's wrong. Yeah. And that's when they sent me to the psychiatrist. Yeah. But then, thankfully, the psychiatrist was like, no, there's no kind of mental um, break that I can find. Like, this is definitely physical. So then he referred me back, which was great. Okay, yeah. But unfortunately, it still wasn't enough, and... It did start impacting upon my mental health. The yeah. fact that no one was believing me. The doctors didn't believe me anymore. They weren't listening. And then I overheard conversations with my family. Right. Where my sisters would turn to my mum and go, are we sure we even believe her anymore? Like,
0: That's so hard. That's and so
1: hard. M- my nan used to do it as well. And it was like, oh, there's nothing wrong with her. She's just making it up. And having your family do that. Yeah. And then to... Re- lose all of those social relationships as well because obviously I wasn't in school yeah yeah
0: yeah.
1: those disintegrated so I had no social support anymore my family I felt like my family was starting to drift away and I felt quite isolated within my own family
0: mm,
1: yeah and to be fair like the breaking point is I mean la- I laugh now yeah but I mean to be fair there was times before that where I was starting to have a bit, a few suicidal thoughts yeah. thinking, well, you know, oh, they'll be better off without me. I'm causing so much stress, you know, this. How old were you we then? About 14, 13, 14. So mm. this is like, you know, young adolescent time. And I just yeah. remember yeah. I was home alone again because I was constantly at home. Yeah, yeah, alone, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just Sorry. by myself. Not and that. I just remember doing the dishwasher right. and I dropped my phone on the dishwasher edge, and it broke, and I had a complete meltdown, and I think that was that was my kind of breaking point. That was the straw that broke the camel's back because, yeah. like now, if I broke my phone, I'd be like, ah, oh, well, that kind of sucks. But I think there was so much going on at that point yeah. that that was the tipping point. It all piles
0: up, and then, and especially, I mean. I think a lot of people can't say they can't live without their phones but yeah i think i mean you say that was it that was a breaking point but from a layman's perspective i can imagine that because you weren't at school yeah. so you're probably relying on your phone to of people yeah you wanted your phone because you weren't at school to keep entertained yeah you didn't feel like your family were
1: believing you so yeah. you probably what she be and I just remember going oh there's glass in the back and and that that was when I did start self-harming a bit now luckily um obviously my mum had gone through a similar situation well not similar but my older sister had issues where she self harmed and so my mum kind of caught on to the signs right. and she kind she got me into the doctors and now this GP he was lovely and I was just like that I have no control over my life. I don't have control over my body. No one believes me. Nothing is helping. The medication that they're putting me on its not doing anything. Nothing is working. Mm. And to be fair, it felt like my world was falling apart. And it it really but was. But
0: down all around you, really, yeah. isn't it?
1: And luckily he turned around and went, look, what we'll do, we'll take you off all these meds because we're currently only t- treating the symptoms, not the cause. Yeah. We'll take you off everything and then slowly put... It back on one by one see what happens and and we'll send you for counseling now my counselor she she was amazing she really really was Mm. and I will forever be thankful for having going to counseling because it really did help me Um, but that 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 was a really difficult time And then luckily, like, (laughs) a couple of weeks... Well, I say luckily, but I collapsed at school. Wow, okay. (laughs) Luckily, I (laughs) collapsed at school. No, but... you at school, so... (laughs) I went to school. Yeah. So this was one time that I actually went in. And I just remember my teacher, like, Mr. Snook was amazing. Um, (laughs) Shout out to Mr. Shout (laughs) out to that teacher, because he was fantastic. And he, he, he was brilliant. Every time I used to go in, he was the only teacher that really, really tried and helped. Yeah um yeah and i was sat in his science it was a chemistry lesson yeah just setting the scene and he was doing an experiment and i stood up and i was watching it and i started getting pain in my stomach and everything started to go really fuzzy you
0: know you know that and just... i was
1: like i couldn't focus my eyes were going blurry and i couldn't breathe and i ended up moving away and going and sitting back down on the table like my, my desk yeah And just kind of staring at the table, doing, like, some deep breaths, going, right, okay, I can do this. Breathing myself through. And he stopped the lesson and was like, are you okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. Just bear with me a minute. Just, just, I'm fine. Carry on. I mean, that was quite embarrassing because the entire class kind of turned to look at me. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it, um, so obviously I went, ended up trying to go home. Um, and they knew everything that was going on. Yeah. But, I mean, that, like, the school was a bit of a... a they was just like, oh, it was a panic attack. And I was like, mm, no, no, it really wasn't. And then it happened again, because I didn't go into school the next day. Yeah. And it happened again where I it started coming over. I started going really woozy and dizzy. And my mum, like, had just gone out and she was coming back in. I saw her walking through, through the house. I turned was walking towards the toilet and then the next thing I know my mum stood over me going Ellie Ellie and I was on the like I was on the bathroom floor wow okay and I literally collapsed because of the pain yeah and that's when the incontinence was getting worse there was more bleeding and I just remember screaming at her going this isn't normal what is wrong with me yeah and then we ended up going in hospital again and it was amazing because there was this one doctor and she was like right you know what we'll just do a colonoscopy we'll find out what's going on yeah which is what you needed to begin with yeah which is yeah, what I needed like two years prior yeah but yeah so she was absolutely fantastic and she sorted it out and that's when they found out that I actually had ulcers throughout the bowel every time the camera touched the bowel it was bleeding yeah. it, was, it was quite bad that then was a bit of a turning point because it was like thank god there is something wrong with me and yeah. it's not in my head like it was that acknowledgement that there is actually something going on and i think that was really helpful was the fact that there was that reassurance of yeah you're not crazy don't you worry it's it's it, actually yeah, real it was, yeah and that completely changed the experience that i had with the doctors with the nurses Because all of a sudden, they all believed me, and they were happy to get me pain meds. They were, you know, coming and going, oh, are you okay? Do you need anything? Because beforehand, they they refused to give me pain meds. They were like, well, do you really need it? They were taking six bowls off me, going, swallow it, you don't really need it. So it was a really bad experience. And then all of a sudden, once I had that diagnosis, that entire treatment changed. Yeah, so for you, that was... Like the The diagnosis was was a turning point really for you, parents, sisters, yeah, ev- everyone, everyone around you, and it wasn't great when you you get told that you're you're going crazy, and then you start believing it, going well maybe yeah. it is all in then my Then you head.
0: overthink everything, and overthinking is it's not good. Yeah. Um. So I think you've just touched on a few, but before we go into the whole uni uni life, yes. Um. Any medical high or low lights? I say highlights. I mean like when people have been really helpful, or, yeah, light, okay. or low lights.
1: Anything that stand out to you? I mean, there are quite a few low lights, which yeah. is, you know, Feel free re- to- <laughs> really depressing. Feel free to share any you you think that you, you want to. So, obviously, I, was, I, I, I just mentioned something about um, a nurse taking sick bowls off me. Yeah. But... I was in hospital, I think, at one point for seven weeks. Well, as in, like, at home. In- I was in hospital. I was a patient there Normal. for seven inpatient, weeks. Yeah. Inpatient. And I was throwing up, but it, it was a weird type of throw up, which is, you know, fun, fun for people to envision. <laughs> but... <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, it's all Sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but so I was throwing up, and this nurse. Like, my mum had just started, because obviously she had to take up so much work, like, she had yeah, to take off yeah, of so course. much time off yeah. work to come stay with me, because obviously, like paediatrics, you know, yeah. I wanted someone to be with me, it was scary. She took so much time off work, bless her, and I think she had just started to stay at home, so she had to go into work a few times, so then that kind of role switch between my sisters, where they used to come up, and things like that.
0: Yeah.
1: So, yeah, she started to stay at home uh, for a few nights. because obviously, sleeping on those uh out beds, things, things yeah. cannot be good for her back. Like, <laughs> probably, <if you> want <laughs> Sorry, any, yeah. yeah, really bad for her. Um, so, and this n- night nurse came over and was just like, oh, you don't need these sick bowls. You're, you're, you know, you, you can just swallow it. And took the sick bowls away from me. Now, that was an awful feeling because then I was sat there going, well, what do I do? Like, Like, I don't... I felt really vulnerable anyway. Obviously, as a young child as well, so, you know, 14, so young adolescent, for an older nurse to come along and go, swallow it, you don't need these, and take it away. You do feel... This makes you envision something pretty grim. Yeah, so I, I, I didn't know what to do with myself. I, I felt terrified at the fact that, oh God, what am I going to do when I do start throwing up yeah. when I try to eat? yeah. What am I meant to do? Like, Because oh, I don't want to swallow it. That's the worst thing to do. Like, it sounds, it sounds you, absolutely awful. You like, That's awful. <laughs> Have you ever stopped tried to stop yourself from throwing up? That's not a thing. No. Like, No. So that was a really awful time. Um, I think... Obviously, there was the others where everyone was making me feel crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I think that was kind of in a general census of... Because because I was so young, I think not a lot of people acknowledge that young person's voice. You don't... um, That you can't advocate for yourself as well. You can't communicate as much as you think you can.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And obviously you have to rely on other people to try and help you communicate definitely
0: yeah you're like the youngest patient in mm. our patient department by a long way getting your message across can be incredible and i'm sure i know other friends that i know yeah who have different chronic illnesses but it's so hard because as we talked about before this it's so hard to know what to say and as
1: advocate yeah. for yourself yeah it is. It's difficult, especially when you are that vulnerable individual, yeah. and is that there, there's that bit of power imbalance as well? Because you know, <laughs> yeah. you've got this, you've got the doctor in the room, you've got the nurse, and there's just little old you kind of sat there going, "Yeah, so I don't feel very well." Yeah. But then, <laughs> but then you say power imbalance.
0: But mm-hmm. hey, us patients should be the ones with the most power because yeah. we feel it day in, day out. Yeah. We know when something's wrong. Like we are our own doctors up to a yeah. point and when there are lots of professionals involved you you're the messenger between doctor a b c yeah and so really yes okay the doctor is professional but they should be able to rely
1: on you to yeah share <laughs> yeah. how you're feeling yeah to be fair yeah because that you, you should really have all the power but it doesn't feel like it every now and again you you do no. feel <laughs> a little bit minuscule
0: you put your trust in dr Tabs because they're the professional. They've
1: yeah. it's a you
0: team know, effort but sometimes it doesn't really seem like a team effort, I suppose.
1: No. In a no, um, positive way, yeah. it made my family a bit closer. After the initial That's good yeah so after the initial breakdown I think in yeah. relationships between yeah. me and my family <laughs> for a little while um with the whole I am crazy yeah, thing. thing, um after the diagnosis that really did bring our family together and I think especially my older sister who was becoming a nurse yeah uh, I obviously was because I, I I was quite depressed yeah and she really helped me bring out bring myself out of that because she used to make f- fun of me basically yeah and obviously at the time i was like don't make fun of me i'm an ill person yeah you know like woe is me yeah. i'm a victim here <laughs> don't make fun of me yeah but she helped bring humor back into my life i yeah. think a little bit because she used to make fun because i didn't want to talk because it's a bit of a taboo subject really. Yeah, I was gonna say that. yeah you don't want to talk about it. Nobody... It's a cringy subject. No one wants to talk no. about your bowels. No, no one wants to be talking about bodily functions. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it is a taboo subject. So, when I used to go to try and talk to the doctors about it, it made me feel really shy and embarrassed. Yeah. And Jess really, really helped bring that, like, out. out. You, yeah. Like, so she... By making fun of me, kind of... That, that really helped me start seeing a bit more of a positive side to having chronic illness mm. and we could laugh about it and and I think that helped make me accept that I had an illness as well because yeah a it's lot all about acceptance, yeah. isn't it so I think that really really helped so I think my relationship with my older sister did kind of strengthen by getting that diagnosis and she she was a very big pivotal point for me to accept it because I know my mum really really tried but I think she started wrapping me up in a bit of cotton wool yeah. really after throughout it all and I, I think that I lost all my independence literally just depended upon my mum yeah. which wasn't really good for me as a growing adolescence and Jess kind of came in and went no you're coddling her you, you need to be you know you, you need to stop this and she used to come in, and after I've had days in bed, she'd walk into the room and went, "Oh, you absolutely stink! Go for a shower, strip <laughs> your bed. Like, what is like? Come on, get yourself together." And at the time, it felt awful. was like, yeah. "Oh, come on, no! Like, I'm, I'm, I'm really, the patient I'm, here. I'm a patient here. I'm poorly. You know, you're meant to be a, like sympathetic. You're becoming a nurse, yeah. Jessica." But no, her doing that really did help bring humour back, it helped me accept it. So I think that that really did help, I think, that that diagnosis in building that relationship back up.
0: Shout out to Jessie's uh, doctor. Yes,
1: becoming a doctor. <laughs> well done Jessica. Um so
0: as we we're now going on to like the second part of our um podcast episode yes um so all about uni us being housemates but not just like <laughs> not just not that but i mean like just like oh yeah it was great living with oh, you oh yeah <laughs> all great fun for the year no um but things that tra- people without a chronic illness or yeah people without a chronic illness rare disease don't think about mm-hmm. so moving from home into yeah. residence moving from college or sixth form to uni yeah all the <laughs> um, transitions all the big for anyone yeah extra hurdles i feel for anyone with a chronic illness yes. or rare disease yes there is so would you obviously listeners won't know um just mind saying what you like degree you did and what, what masters you
1: <laughs> so i uh did a um degree in developmental and educational psychology as my undergraduate um which took me four years to complete yeah, I was say that. <laughs> so which is probably like my sister likes to say that's the only reason I got a first was because it took me four years yes. to complete no it do- <laughs> like, honestly, her and Caroline that's that, that's what they do um but obviously I got poorly around my first year of yeah. uni I was living at home got poorly uh had to restart um, and then the second time I restarted, I actually moved into halls because I thought, you know what, this might be, actually be easier because I'm closer oh, to hold on. uni. So you
0: moved. <laughs> well, I didn't you know this. So you, <laughs> <laughs> so, so,
1: so you stayed yeah. at home the first, first year. Didn't so, first, first year, I lived at home. Yeah. Second, first year, <laughs> I moved into halls. Yeah. Um And I thought that would be like better easier easier because you're on campus there's yeah there's not so campus uni. far to walk i wouldn't have to get up as early yeah um so everything I, was there like, everything was there our uni northampton
0: use a campus uni so you don't have to travel you don't travel across a's, it
1: well campus is moving now isn't it but yeah it used to all be on one site yes which was lovely <laughs> um so yeah which was great um and then obviously i moved in with you for second year and then i moved home for third yeah and then for my masters i'm doing one in child and adolescent mental health and whilst you're doing that you're working in a special needs school absolutely amazing i know there's a lot
0: going on in my life oh, so there's much, so much so much <laughs> um so i think and we said there are extra hurdles in moving into uni but yes maybe for people that don't know what other extra barriers hurdles struggles whatever that you or we had to consider when moving to uni okay. moving to halls.
1: I think there was there was quite a few actually so yeah. obviously when moving to that campus obviously my initial for trying to get a halls of residence that was something that I was really concerned about yeah was because um you've got places where you had to share a bathroom and yeah. obviously with my condition, not really the best <laughs> thing to do with people that you don't know. And it's that awkward embarrassment of trying to discuss that with other people. So obviously I was like, right, you know what? If I'm moving into halls, I want, I want one with an ensuite. suite. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Like that is something that I must have. Yeah. Um, so that was my initial hurdle of right well I won't be able to cope unless this is you have your in place. Own bathroom, I have my own bathroom. I really need that. that yes. Yeah. Is... And then as well it was well I kind of want it on the ground floor because obviously yeah. my knees and I don't really want to be walking up lots of stairs with all my stuff. Yeah. Um so I had to get in contact with that and obviously yes. as well because you have to go through DSA. Yeah. Which is a a, a, a process. Uh, I won't say it's a fun process um and you have to go and talk about that and everything that you kind of need to be put in support wise disabled student allowance
0: yes so with that you submit a medical evidence yeah as much as much as possible because they need to look like the whole, whole whole picture holistic that's the word yeah um um like i didn't get it but it was talk about different support you may need
1: yeah and then from that you get given Sometimes a grant, sometimes support. Yeah. So, obviously, because I'm dyslexic as well, there was that that I needed to do for for, for that. Um, But, obviously, because, obviously, um, my condition as well. So, when it came to exams and things, uh, if I was feeling unwell or I needed a break, that kind of got put in for exams, um, for, like, rest breaks um, and things like that. Um, So... I had to, yeah, fill out all of these. Had to send loads of doctors' letters off to the DSA because obviously the uni needs to be aware yes. of the condition. They need to be, that they need to like be be in the know basically. Yeah, just in case. Just in case. Yeah, yeah there, there, there's things that they need to know. Um, and obviously, as well, when it came to because there are flare-ups. There are days where I feel really poorly. There are weeks that go by. Um, so obviously my lecturers needed to be aware. Yeah. So when there were times where I had hospital appointments during lectures, they needed to be... They needed to know I wasn't just kind of skipping out. Yeah, There was yeah, actually reasons reason. behind yeah. why I wasn't there or why I couldn't do certain days. Um. So it, it was that... They, they needed that kind of knowledge. Um, so... I don't know if I, I told you about initially I wanted to be a nurse. I wanted to be a pediatric nurse. So um originally for my degree, because I didn't know what to do. So I wanted to be a nurse, gone through the process of sending out my application. Mm. I had my uh statement written personal Just statement like, yeah. sent out i had interviews to be a nurse and i think jess had come home with some sort of uh winter vomiting bug she had yeah, picked right it up yeah. from someone on her ward and i i think i became really really poorly ended up in hospital yeah obviously yeah, <laughs> that's all i ever did <laughs> um And I think that was that realisation that actually, if I worked in a hospital, I'm more likely to be picking up these things, Mm. and that could probably make me worse, and I was really, I was really fearful of that, so I ended up skipping, well, didn't actually turn up to any of my interviews, and I ended up going through UCAS Clearing, and that's how I ended up on my BSc uh, for developmental and educational psychology because that was the next route that I liked to go down because I was like if I can't work with children in the hospital setting I want to work around kind of their mental health psychology psychology I really enjoy that I had a load of psychological issues as a child yeah I kind of want to go into that kind (laughs) of field um so that that was kind of a hard transition I think for me in a way of figuring out how I can have a career with with, with an illness, basically. Yet again,
0: something else that perhaps not even have to consider. Yeah. But um yeah. But thank goodness you did do your BSC. So yes. where you all know. And thank God I had to restart. Oh. Because then we wouldn't <laughs> have oh been friends otherwise. So yeah, that goes quite nicely on to my next my next um question, really. So yeah, we've talked about the barriers and mm-hmm. like so second year, me and Ellie and then a couple of others moved into a house together. Uh, me and Ellie didn't actually know each other no, before we met. We in. No. So we didn't. our other friend Katie Mutual I was friend. in I was in halls with Katie. Yeah. Ellie was friend course mates yes. with Katie. But me and Ellie didn't know each other. We had never met. <laughs> never
1: met. Never seen her face. <laughs> had no idea who you were, what um, you were going to be like. Thought you were gonna be a crazy person, had no but, idea. You know,
0: look, yeah, we know are, no. But yeah, um, but Katie was fine this house. She was like, she, she probably said the same thing. We need another person. like, how oh, about she obviously had to meet Ellie and Ellie Katie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, well, Katie's nice. I'm sure the other person will be nice. Well, obviously, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll just go with it. And I don't actually remember the day that I met Ellie. It was the viewing. Yeah. Did we meet
1: at the viewing of the house? I feel like I met you in halls before because Maybe, our flats yeah. were really close. Yeah, there. actually, yes, Because we on that field that time. Because I think, yeah, I think we did meet. We have a photo,
0: basically, together, but I can't remember then that was.
1: Yeah. But, I feel like we went out of maybe we, we, I don't know, we, we probably had crossed paths a few yeah. times. Um, but and we really acknowledged you as a person though. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah no offence, but so, yeah,
0: like we, and I know it sounds weird, but like cheesy, but like we were literally friends, like, just like, like yeah, it, it <laughs> but yeah. we had, like, I laugh because it's so funny, but we had such a funny, yes, we did. Like, well, we, ha- we had some definite moments. There are of memories for life. Yeah. If me and Ellie, I say we see each other quite a lot. Every, every time we have to mention the same memories because they just pick you up if you're feeling down. Yes, they do. But they're, I think they're, they're, they're pick me up. They are. But I think, and I don't think we both clicked because we both can relate to one like, we just know. Like, if yes. one of us isn't feeling all right, we just know, like yeah. we can just give each other a look and be like, you know <laughs> yeah, what? You're
1: not right today. Oh,
0: but you know what? It's going to be okay. I don't know when when you like we first talked about. Oh, I have chronic illness. Yeah, oh, you. yeah, so do we. Yeah, oh, so, wow. Funny so that same thing is that commonality. Yeah, Wait, I, I can't really think of any like oh, times in particular. Yeah. If one of us isn't feeling right, we had two other housemates, but and, no offense to them, but I just don't think they would realise, like no. because
1: it's just. I think it's subtle kind of yes. body movements. I think because obviously, with both, like with our retrospectives, whatever, <laughs> um, like there'll be times where you, that there's certain movements that you'll do. Like I, I will often either rub my wrists or I'll have my stomach, like my hand on my stomach. And it's like little things like that that I don't think other people will pick up on. Because,
0: Just because they've never been, because they've never had, had to go through, had it. To go through no. that.
1: So when say for you like that there might be times where you do like quick movements with your back and it's like picking up those subtle hints that oh are you okay but yeah other people won't recognize that it's oh you're well you're just fidgeting yeah or things like that but when you've got a chronic illness and you you know that those that there are those type of movements that you do so it's like little reassurance things as well that yeah, I think you like- do just
0: just, just a little nod, just a yeah. little we like, you know
1: what? Yeah, right. And again, I can't remember the first time. Oh, I mean, it was the same. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember that conversation. But, no, I don't. But <laughs> or I, I, or it just happened naturally. It just happened. It just like, oh, okay. But I feel like we were quite open with each other, quite quickly. Mm. I, I, I think yeah. living with you was because I think it's nice because you had I had that someone else who understood my position I think Mm. and when I wasn't feeling well you you've instantly got it I didn't have to explain why I wasn't feeling well explain well actually today's a bad day I could just say oh it's a bit of a bad day today and you'd understand what that meant Mm. and it was it was easy and I liked not having to kind of reiterate my entire story around how you know, this illness is impacting me or my daily life, or oh, this is what happens. I think that I think made our friendship a little bit more like stronger. sturdy and yeah. stronger was because we could relate and empathize in a way that other people may not be able to.
0: And I, I don't want to get onto like <laughs> this uh, I, with a few people I've talked to, we get into this well, not debate topic, uh-huh. but I think because you can't see the illness, yeah. Not, I don't think I. I don't want anyone to see that I have an illness, but like, yes and no. Mm-hmm. Like, I think with a lot of people that don't have chronic illness disease or know anyone with them, are seeing obvious. Yes, but without. This what I mean. Like the other two people we lived with, not their fault. Because yeah. how would they? How would they know? How would they yeah. know how to help? But I think even things now thinking about it, if you said, because Ellie lives quite close to home and like yeah home anyway if you said oh, i need to go home for a few days yeah to one part oh, oh God, that could seem like oh, i am just get home but to me that could be like oh patchy's went to hospital Perhaps she's yeah perhaps she's thinking about well like perhaps, yeah
1: like what, what perhaps she needs to pick up mm, a hospital letter yeah
0: like things that again some people listening might not even think it's big but actually to what us that that is because yeah. we are tw- well now 23 and 24 now then yes wanted to just get on with it
1: like live yeah. our lives yeah and it was a lot i think it, it does play in your mind a lot of the time in the background and you have to think about those things a lot of the time where you're sat there go, like when you go out and things you've got that in the background going right actually if we're going out here i have to remember my medication i have to remember this yeah like when i went to uh wales i forgot to order my meds and i was sat there going oh no oh, going to do like yeah. i can't order them and get them by tomorrow because i'm leaving yeah exactly yeah that's what. So, I did. <laughs> yeah there's a lot of um there's a lot of planning that goes involved yeah like that that is involved yeah. in like having an illness
0: yeah and like, it's really difficult to explain to someone like how much it again this has a bit deeper how much it how means much to... it means to have someone living with you mm. with an illness but like it's <laughs> I don't know. It just feels. I think it leaves you feeling reassured. Yeah. Um. Empath- like more. I think we're both empath- very empathetic yeah. towards each other. But it's like a, I genuinely think it's like a sixth sense. Yeah. Like probably. Yeah. I, I yeah. really think it's like even if. Like I'm trying to. Think, I'm trying to think. Even if you said, even if we're cooking together, which did happen.
1: Yeah.
0: And if if you said, oh no, I'm not hungry today. That could be to other two housemates, oh, shall I? but to me, that could be like, oh, maybe she's not feeling right. Yeah. Like, I can't explain to anyone listening the the tiniest things yeah. could actually be.
1: Like quite there's, a lot of, going yeah, on. there's a lot going like, on. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Like, you really
0: need to break it down,
1: look deeper the beneath in- the surface. Yeah, like exactly. I do like to think a lot of the time is that it's looking beneath the outer layer because obviously, on the surface, it is is that invisible illness. On the outer surface... We look great. (laughs) We look great. I mean, come on. We're we're looking fantastic. You wouldn't be able to tell. Like, I like to think... I mean, I often think, right, if someone had a broken arm or if someone's in a wheelchair, it's visible. You can see that there's something going on. And... Yes, I often think that invisible and visible illnesses... So, you have, like, your broken arm, or Mm. you've got your individual in a wheelchair. Mm. Both, obviously, you know, very hard to deal with. You've got, you know, stuff going on. Yeah. But you can see that. So, if you pull up into a disabled parking spot, Mm. and you get out with your wheelchair, no one's going to bat an eye. Yeah. But when I did it, Mm. I remember being at uni, pulling up into the disabled parking spot, because this is at the time that I had a disabled badge, and... Were you with me? I'm just... I'm just thinking... And this lady walks out and goes... What are you doing? You're not meant to be in there. And I was like, I have a blue badge. And she was like, oh. Oh. And walks off. She was walking past and just made a comment. And you have that fear of, well... Yeah, you might not be able to see it. It's not visible, but I do have things going on. And I think it is. It's looking beneath that surface layer. Because there is a lot going on beneath the surface that people yeah. don't realise. Because it's easier to empathise with something that you can see.
0: And I think it's so, even when we had like us pre chat, I mean, we glamped together, we went to a chat about it before. Yeah, general chat. <laughs> I think we can talk to each other about not taboo subjects, but like, well, people think of deep topics. Yeah. Like if I say, oh, I'm worried because a doctor, such and such, said this, we mm. can actually unpick that at the age of 23 and 24 you kind of need that reassurance need that mm-hmm. need that time to process adapt manage yeah you, those words yes those big big words <laughs> those big, they, well they don't sound like big words but really do affect our lives mm-hmm. um yeah we had a we had, i mean we had there, a there deep conversation so not we we had a great time living together and yeah
1: yeah I think having someone who understood me from their like obviously going through your own thing but yeah. you have that understanding and that commonality
0: mm.
1: it's very easy to build up that relationship and have that common ground yeah it's a bit I think it's a bit normality as well yeah it's having that normality among someone else who understands the situation
0: we I think we are both quite similar in the way. We sometimes all we need to say to each other is
1: yeah.
0: it may not seem like it right now again it sounds really cheesy but like things will not get <laughs> not <laughs> not necessarily get better because that's I probably yeah, should say I'm that about, very but not but like optimistic like mentally things will get better because as yeah. time goes on you get used you manage yeah. you adapt
1: you I often think you just habituate to your own circumstances. Yes. And you're like, "Ah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) that is my life. Yeah. You know,
0: and having those, having friends to talk to is one thing. As you said earlier, you had, there were some charities at the time, Mm. counsellors, other professionals, but sometimes even some of those professionals, counsellors, whatever, Mm. won't be in the same situation. Sometimes Mm. what you need is a good cup of tea or pink gin. Yes, yesterday Jen. and a chat with a friend who yeah. understands it yeah. i mean don't get me wrong there aren't many f- in a circle of friends there aren't going to be many friends but it really just made your friendship stronger and i'm very thankful so yes i am um the last thing about uni is about your course mm-hmm. as in like more, st- more your master so you're doing a master's in the child and adolescent mental yes. health CAMS. um and and like your so
1: You're really interested to go into this, partly because, like, some experiences you went through. Yeah, had previously. Yeah. Yeah, I think when, obviously, I couldn't go into nursing. Yeah. uh, I realised, like, I wanted to work with young children who were going through something. Mm -hmm. And I think psychology, mental health was a big part of that because I wanted... Because, obviously, going through what we do as young children it's it's hard it's difficult and I wanted to obviously this expands to lots of different other subjects and situations in people's lives but I wanted to do something with that I wanted to have my experience and go you know what these children they a lot of what they need is someone to actually listen to them and let them articulate it for themselves Mm. of what they need. Yeah. Because a lot of the time you don't get listened to. You don't, because it's like, oh, well, they're a child, they can't communicate as well, but they're communicating in their own way. You have to listen for the behavioural conversation. You need to be listening to the words that they're using and you have to kind of probe deeper into that. And I think sometimes it is just having someone there to acknowledge that let, that is important or,
0: yeah or to help them to be like explore things deeper yeah. like you have a lot of experience working in special, special needs, needs schools mm-hmm. um and even with people oh, drawing mm-hmm. playing with whatever cr- more creative creative thing ways like way they're still communicating mm-hmm. a very important message that you need um yeah like, i think a lot of people go to jobs to you know give back but I think that you've really found something and like obviously yeah. I've seen you through uni like whichever ty- type of psychology yeah. you go into like it it yeah you, you can't really tell children and young people families like your personal experiences yeah but even like empathizing that a little bit more like you, it probably will help a lot more people than you, yeah. you think it will
1: um yeah, I think yeah. yeah. So I think having that experience as a young person has definitely shaped the career mm. that I'm going into. Definitely. It has generally influenced where I'm headed. Yeah, like it, it holds a big part of my life in that that kind of sector. And again, the illness, the experience,
0: the health experience you've been through. Of genuinely shape the person who give you that yeah. motivation, yeah so that's a
1: classic example of a bit of a pants situation, <laughs> yeah turn it into something, be amazing, yeah, I do think people with chronic illnesses end up being quite resilient and determined, yeah obviously after the initial stage of shock and relief and frustration, so and, many emotions yeah the the kind of complex t- <laughs> like those paradoxal emotions that you often experience because you feel relieved and then frustrated at the same and, time, yeah. um, and things like that. So I think chronic, like individuals with a chronic illness, do become quite like resilient, and they're like you do become quite determined because obviously there's a lot that you've been through. It makes you want to do things. I think after the yeah. initial stages yeah. of I, I I don't like this, I hate it. I love to fight Take it back. Yeah. Um, you do. You want. You don't want it to limit your life. So you work around it. Yeah. And you um. You don't want it to limit your life because obviously this is going to be kind of as good as it's going to get. Mm. I can't. What? What am I going to do? Just stay in bed all day every day? Like that's not how I. I would like to live no. my life. So you have to work at it and you become more determined to achieve what you want to achieve.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think um, the last person I spoke to in this podcast, um, resilience was such a big word that stood out for him. Mm. And oh, I think yeah. if resilience is going to show, over, well, be told over and over, Yeah. it really is that bounce-back ability. Yeah. Like, I think we both think it's just got to get on with it. Mm. Yeah, I'm just so impressed with your get up and go attitude you know
1: yeah. um I mean I never used to have it I mean well, <laughs> I used to hate it I used to stay in bed I would not move I I, I think though I used to have like a little notebook yeah. like a little um a drawing triangle, book yeah. and I read through it the other day and because you know, it, it was really adorable I had these little pictures and little things down the side and I mean in a way it was kind of amazing to read back and go how how bad i thought my situation was at the time and how deeply i was in my depression and
0: Mm.
1: how much i was trying to move on from it and and, uh, the struggle of it and it is amazing to see now how far i've come and and it does i look back and go wow like I, i really wasn't in a good place when I was that age and obviously at the time you're so focused on yourself you you don't really like you you think you're coping is the best way you possibly yeah, course, can yeah. and you don't realize that you're in such deep depression but obviously when you're older and you're reflecting back on it and you think wow okay look how far I've come now this is amazing all the times that I've had to restart over like uni mm. having to restart that over and go back to school go back to school and like yeah just general secondary school of having to go back and get my GCSEs and mm. working because obviously my attendance was 10.9 having to <laughs> go in when I could and then coming home and doing it all online and working myself and having to work at it at home alone and like using BBC Bitesize to figure out my <laughs> GCSEs yeah and to get to this point of passing my GCSEs was a milestone going to college yeah and getting that what wasn't an amazing achievement and then to do uni and having to restart it as well it is it's looking back on it I do feel quite amazed of how far I've come it's those
0: milestones and mm. again people might think
1: they're they're small but they're yeah. they're massive yeah. um
0: just a, a couple of things to round
1: off, you three. Yes.
0: So, number one, three words to describe your your story, journey, illness, whatever you want
1: to uh, Okay, so I knew this was coming. You've stolen this yeah, from I me. <laughs> I have. I like it. Yeah, it's a great thing. Like, I think, obviously, th- this is a hard thing to try and come up with, it but is I hard. think um, determination. Love it. Yeah because you've kind of got to that uh, kind of conviction to do Coming things on, yeah. so, determination, yep. Yep. There's yep. and, so determination adaptation yeah a not going on yeah and so determination adaptation and communal so i'm thinking because it It's a communal experience i think sometimes with your family with your friends that's really thoughtful that is yeah yeah determined adaptational adaptation adaptation and communal because it's not just my experience it's it it bleeds out it becomes the family experience because everyone's involved in it. Mm it it's impacting upon Everybody So yeah, communal
0: Thank you That's uh, I don't right, like t- <laughs> It took me a while to uh-huh. get
1: there But there we are And
0: the last thing the, way, the last thing is um A favourite quote
1: one? Okay I was also thinking about <laughs> this So I like the um, Vini Vini Vici What is it? Yeah That uh, I came, I saw, I conquered Oh <laughs> I like that one Yeah like that you done the, it's like you've done that through like school. Yes, I think yeah, love that. I came, I saw, the I conquered. Comfort. Yeah, but I think the one that I currently have up on my bedroom wall. Yeah, because it, I've got like a little chalkboard that my sister brought me for Christmas. Cute. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, and it says um, "No math." Like it, it. I really love this quote because it is literally. Falling on your face is still moving forward, <laughs> further along than your what feet you were are. So you're still, yeah. So falling on your face is still moving forward. That is my all-time favorite quote. Well, thank you so much. Me and Ellie, we've known each other for about five years, right? I mean, we could talk for hours. Yeah, to be fair.
0: but what I was going to say is we, we joke, we laugh all the time.
1: Mm. Uh,
0: but we do have deep conversations, and I think even today. Mm. this chat i've learned about more about you and it is so important to share those messages important is to if you hear one or see one problem to unpick it and see what's going on there there always is a reason always a cause um but this podcast is available on pocket casts spotify and apple podcasts so yeah (laughs) exciting exciting so yeah thank you so much and um, i think yeah this is a great thing for people to be listening to. Thank you so much for listening. I will be back when I interview my next guest.